Somebody make some noise for Jesus in here. Ah, uh, come on. I said make some noise for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Amen. I'm super excited to be here. I've been hearing about Legacy Church for a while now. I've been hearing about you guys for a while, and I know Pastor Chase. Can we just make some noise for y'all pastors? Come on. You guys are doing some amazing things up here. And I was excited, and I was up here, and then I saw the pastor crush his glasses. I said, I hope that spirit don't fall on me. Amen. Be because I won't be able to see anybody. And I just gave him a constant, man, your, your, your glasses look real good. And I was trying to pray and act spiritual, and he crushed his glasses, and I said, God, where you got me at? Like, where, what are we doing? Like, I want to see you, Lord. Super grateful to be here on today. Would you uh, pray with me? Father God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. Lord, I thank you for this leadership. I thank you for this body of believers. Father God, right now, Lord, remove me and speak through me. We came for your glory. We came for your glory. And Legacy Church said, amen, 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 amen. Guys, as he said, my name is Pastor Quantel. Make some noise if you can hear me. Amen. Listen, I am the associate pastor at RTTN, and they let me get away, and Pastor Chase called me, and I said, finally you invite me, because I was starting to think you didn't like me, because everybody else had been to Legacy except me. So I was excited um, to come here, but... You guys are making it hard for me. I seen legacy kids come out, and I got sad, and I started missing my family. And I said, man, just keep your head down um, because I, I, I'll be on the road for like the next three or four weeks. So when I saw them, I about canceled all my other dates, and it was beautiful. Your worship is amazing. I, I want to talk today um, about a painful promise. I want to talk today about a painful promise, and I'll be in, um, we'll, we'll start in the, in the book of Genesis chapter 12. So if you get Genesis chapter 12 for me, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, uh, and we'll land somewhere in Joshua. We'll start working right here. Um, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. Somebody shout a great nation. I can't hear you say great nation. I can't feel you shout great nation. Hey, glory. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curse you and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I love that. Christ, um, God comes and tells Abraham, leave your father's house. Leave the land you know and go to where, I, where I'll show you. And that's just like God. He'll show you the end. He'll tell you what it's going to look like. And I love what he says. He says, leave the familiar. Leave everything that you know. Leave your father's house and go where I'll tell you. When I see that, Pastor, I'm, I, I see where God calls us, no matter your nationality, he calls you out of your culture into his kingdom. He calls you out of the familiar and say, come with me. So when we are saved and we're brought into the family, I don't get to bring my culture because now I'm a citizen of the kingdom. He said, leave everything that's familiar, leave everything that you know, and follow me. See, we want the promises of God, 
And, and that is good, but sometimes when God calls us to something, it can get uncomfortable. I come to tell somebody, contrary to popular belief, you don't always get to be called and comfortable. Sometimes you got to say, Lord, is it comfort or calling? Now, it was hard for me when God said a painful promise because a painful promise, it doesn't really go together. I, you, ever been, um, you ever been a kid or something and you say, Mom, can we, can we stop here to get a burger? Can we go here? And she said, yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, yes, Mom. And she said, I promise. Something about when she shouted promise, I just released like, God, let it be. Because you can't break a promise. So every time I would get a promise, I would just relax in that because it was a promise. So it's my first time here, so I'm going to tell you guys, me in school really didn't get along growing up. I don't know, we just didn't make, it just didn't work. So one day, I was in school being, a, being me before I knew Jesus. And I kept getting in trouble. And I kept doing things. And the principal said, if you, if you, if, if you come back to my office, I'm going to put you in um, ISS. I said, so? He's like, okay. So I went back, got kicked out the class. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to ISS. Because in ISS, the guy didn't care. He'll let you sleep. So I was like, I'm going to go to ISS. So I walked back in the principal's office. And I'm like, what's my sentence, sir? You know, where are we going? And he said, I'm not sending you to ISS. I said, what you going to do? He said, I'm going to call your mama. Y'all were there. That's what I did. Yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah, I was like, oh. And all the, the bad left out of me. Like the spirit of I don't care just fell off. Like, uh, let's talk about it. Calm down. Why, why you want to do that? You know, like, don't be aggressive today. So um, he was like, I'm going to call your mama. And, and he said, I said, he said, I'm going to call her right now. He said, Mrs. Lindsay, I've gave Quanta a chance after chance. And my mama said, see, my mama a thug, y'all. She ain't here, so I can tell y'all. <laughs> my mama's a thug. And she said, put him on the phone. And you know when your mama mad, because I can hear her. <laughs> and my mama didn't know the Lord then. And so I get on the phone, and I'm like, ma'am. She like, when you get home. I'm going to beat your bleep, can't say that in legacy. And, I, and she said, I'm telling you, I promise. It was the first time I experienced a painful promise. It was the first time I experienced, I never got a promise and was sad. My mama ruined my childhood when she done that. And I got off the phone. And he saw my face. He said, I'm not even going to send you to ISS. He started to have grace and mercy like he was regretting calling my mother. <laughs> he should felt bad. He should. And, and throughout that whole day, my friends thought I was like, what's wrong with you? I didn't eat at lunch. I, was, I started fasting. I was like, you can have it. You know, I'm like, Lord, please, Shonda, do not let her touch me when I get home. So that was my first experience getting a promise and being disappointed. And I was just like, man, every time I think about that. So when I look at Abraham, he gets this promise. He gets this promise to leave your family, leave your country, and I'm going to do great things through you. I'm going to do great things through you. And if you stick around in the kingdom of God long enough, you'll understand that promises come with commitment. 
See, if you ever see me in worship and sometimes I'll get to singing and I get quiet because I don't want to sing a check my faith can't cash. So I understand when you say, God, have your way. He starts to have his way. When you say, God, do what you want to do in my life, he starts saying, pick up and move and plant a church and move and sow and give. You start, wait a minute, slow down, this is a lot. So I see Abram, he tells him to leave his family, leave his family. He said, I'm going to bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curse you, and in you shall the families of the earth be blessed. And he tells them, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, get away from your people, and I'm going to create a people through you. I'm going to build a new nation through you. See, God is, God is not really interested in building churches as much as he is in building nations. See, see we have got so focused on building churches that we, forget, that we forgot and we forget that we're called to build a nation. So, so that's why we, 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 we should pray that, 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 that our nation is a sweet aroma in the presence of the Lord. Amen. If you believe that, will somebody give God a praise in here? Hey, glory. He said, through this nation, the word will become flesh and dwell among us. Through this nation, I'm going to fix what was broken in Genesis 3 and fulfill my promises in Genesis. When God calls you, he calls you to be a part of a people that he established. When God calls you, he calls you to be a part of a kingdom that is his. God said, I'm going to give you a new identity. I'm going to build a great nation and make your name great. Leave everything. Somebody shout, leave everything. The comfort of what's familiar. And he, 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 here's the promise. He departed as the Lord spoke to him. He departed as the Lord spoke to him and he moved, he moved. And get this, church, every time God gives a promise, he gives instructions. But see, we, 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 we shout so much that when God gives a promise, we forget the instructions. How many of you buy something and your wife gets you to put it together and she's like, baby, read the instructions, you're like, me, mine, you woman. I don't need no instructions. <laughs> you know like, like, and then you try to put it together without the instructions because 30 seconds into it, you realize you need the instructions. But you just told her you didn't need them. So you're like, I'm going to break this before I reach for those instructions because she's watching. See, what I realized with God is he gives a promise, a glory, then he gives the instructions. What I realized with us, we take the promise, forget the instructions. Okay, let me show you. Abraham takes his wife, Sarah, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions and went to Canaan. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. God brings him to the land of Canaan, to the land of promise, and tells him, this land I will give to your descendants. He's 75 years old, and God is talking about his descendants. See, that's the God we serve. He doesn't have one child yet. And God is saying, while you stand here, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do for you over here. And that promise is so grand and it's so good. But how we want to stop is like, God, can I get three kids first? And then we talk about descendants. God is already in descendants. And he's saying, I don't have a child. So I hear the promise, but frustration begins to rise because I don't know how you're going to do what you said you're going to do. And then faith says, hold on. But how many people know when you hold on to God, sometimes you hold on and then you keep holding on and you hold on 
and you go to church and you get built back up and you pray and you build back up and another year pass and another six months pass and another three months pass and you're still holding on. So Abraham, he's saying, I'm going to give you descendants. I'm going to do this. And he doesn't even have a child yet. What do you do when you can't wrap your mind around the promise? What do you do when you're standing in the promise, but you can't possess it? What can you do when you can see what God is saying, but you can't touch it? He, he, he can dream about having descendants, but he can't see a child. He can see the land that God said is his, but he has nothing to fulfill the calling God has placed on his life. If you're not careful, you'll begin to live with a painful promise. It's so important to understand patience when dealing with a God that's not bound by time. It's so important to, to understand patience when you're dealing with a God that's not subject to our calendar. It's so important to understand that God is not, his ways are not our ways, eh, glory? His, his thoughts are not our thoughts. So when God says something, it, it's best, this is one thing I started to do, true story. Someone gave me a word. And because I took the promise without the instructions, I sold my house, picked up my family, and ended up somewhere God didn't call me. So when I came back home, and, and the first time I was back home, true story, somebody came and said, Pastor, you have a word. And I did this and went to my car. Because I didn't want the word anymore. Because I realized something, if you take the word without the voice of the Lord, you'll end up where God didn't call you. If you take the promise without the instructions, you'll end up frustrated, amen? So what I tell people is, the promise is okay, but you need to know the voice of the promise maker. Because I was with, um, I was with your, your youth group at camp, and we talked about things looking good that wasn't God. See, some things are so close. Some things are so close. And if, we, if we're not rooted in a healthy church and we don't have healthy community and we don't have a biblical worldview that we can see through the lens, we'll see something that looks like God, but it's not God. We'll see something that's real close, but it's not God. See, you got to realize a fake, the, the object of something being fake is that it looks really close to being real. And that's what gets us when we don't know the voice of the Lord. So he is, Abraham is in the middle. Somebody shout in the middle. He's in the middle of where God promised him. And, 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 and you got to have something what I call a middle praise because if you don't have a praise in the middle, it'll drive you crazy. If you don't have a praise in the middle, the promise will frustrate you. He's in the middle. Somebody shout in the middle. He's not where he used to be, but he's not where, he, where God said he's going. So right there, you have to realize more times than not, a lot of us in the room, we're in the middle. In the middle of what, Pastor? Whatever God has called you to. And some of us has been in the middle for a while. And we've been holding on. And it gets frustrated when you're in the middle. So I tell my wife all the time, we got to have a middle praise. Because the middle praise is where your faith grows. A middle praise is where you can either be distracted or determined. In the middle is where you make up your mind, I'm going to stay with God or I'm leaving. Because when you're in the valley, your praise is, Lord, get me out. When you're on the mountaintop, you're like, won't he do it? 
So in the middle is where your faith grows. In the middle is where your faith grows. Because when we're, when we're on the mountaintop, we're praising him that he got us out the valley. When we're in the valley, we're thanking him and we're praying, God, get me out, get me out. But in the middle, what's the middle? I, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm only three years sober, but I'm not where God said I'm going to be. But I'm right here in the middle. And I believe what happens is we have, we are, we are in the middle of a breakthrough in this nation. We're on the tip of a revival. We can see the Lord's glory. Then it seems like we get pulled back. Come on in here, somebody. Come on in here. We're in the middle. We, 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 get, we, we see the nation move that way. We're like, come on, Jesus. Then it's like we get pushed back and it's like we're stuck in the middle. And what happens when believers get in the middle? We get on social media. We're frustrated because we're in the middle. And we start telling people what we say in private and what we think about them. And we say, you know what? I knew you weren't saved anyway. <laughs> Pastor Chase should have warned y'all. Um, you got to be careful not to forget your promise in the middle. Hey, glory. You got to be careful that you don't get distracted when you're in the middle. You got to stay focused in the middle. So while Abraham is doing well in the middle, see, this is the thing about Abram. He's not broke in the middle. He's not looking for a job in the middle. He's just waiting. The Bible says that they had so much wealth, him and Lot, the land couldn't sustain them. I don't know what kind of bless that is, but I'll take it. For 500, Alex, like, I'll take it. The young people are like, what? Jeopardy. I lost like half the youth. They're like, what? Um, so he, they had so much wealth legacy that like some of us can say, if me and him together, we're trying to start a business and we don't have um, no money and we keep going in the red. And I'm like, man, you go your way. You go, because we're not working out. We're not making any money. They were bumping heads because they had too much wealth they had see the blessing was on the lord but he never he he, he had everything god promised him he said just, you, you, here's the land just go go he go word just go so he starts walking and now he's like lot you got yours i got mine and the land cannot sustain them because they had too much wealth somebody shout too much wealth okay so god said so 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 what he did he goes a lot and he says listen Love you. This ain't working out. Why, you know, can't keep sleeping on the couch. You know, you're like, you got to get your stuff together. So he tells Lot, you go your way, I go my way. But they are not beefing. Translation where I'm from, they are not enemies. Okay? All right. <laughs> they are not enemies. They have no problems. They just have too much wealth, and the land can't sustain them. So Lot goes his way. And I love what the Bible says after Lot separates. The Bible tells Abraham, word, here it go, now look up. The Lord says, now look up. From the north to the east to the west, from wherever you can see, that's your territory. That's yours. That's the promise. I'm going to bring your descendants here. I'm going to do this here. Now look up. And I kept going back reading that. After Lot left, he said, now look up. Lot leaves, now look up. What are you saying, God? Quantel, go back to the instructions. He said, leave your father and your family. He never told him to bring Lot. He never told him to bring Lot. 
And how many know when you bring a, when you bring Lot, you bring a lot. He had a lot with him, and, and, and Lot was righteous. Lot, Lot was okay, but he missed instructions. He gave him a promise, and and and, and God, God God didn't want him to leave his wife. We know that, but God no never told him to bring his brother's son. And then soon as soon as Lot is separated, he said, "Now look up." Look up now. What are you saying, pastor? Some of y'all breakthrough is being held up by the company you're keeping. Some of y'all don't. Why am I going in circles? Because you got a lot with you. <laughs> why, am, why, why can I not get my mind clear and pray? Because you got a lot of gossip in that group chat. I, don't worry. I brought my own amens. I got them with me. I packed them. <laughs> y'all don't have to say it. I brought them with me. I, I don't leave the house without them. Focus. After Lot separates from him, he says, now look up. I, I tell my kids all the time, circle check. Who's in your circle? Circle check. See, we believe that we got to cut off everybody that we don't like. They had no problems. God just gave him a word that he didn't give to him. See, we don't have, see, you can distance yourself from somebody that you love. It's called loving from a distance. But we believe that every, as long as you don't talk about me and you follow me back, you're a part of my destiny. But I come to tell legacy, everybody can't go where the Lord is calling you. What does that mean, pastor? I don't know. But you got to take that up with the Lord. But sometimes you are being delayed because of who's with you. Because you heard the promise and you left the instructions. He said, get from your family. I went back through the Bible. He never said, bring your nephew. And they separate. And after they separate, he says, now look up. And get this, as he separates from Lot, he separates and he still don't have the baby. God is still telling Abram how he's going to have descendants, how he's going to do this, and he's going to do that, and he still does not have the baby. And, and now he's beginning to get so frustrated. If we're being honest, have you ever been frustrated with God? Have you ever had to preach to yourself before getting to church? Have you ever had to say, God, I'm, I'm believing you, but I've been standing on this word that my child is coming back home saved and sober, God. Lord, I've been standing on this word that this marriage is going to be whole. And you, if you're being honest, you've grown frustrated because you're waiting on the promise. And when you get a promise from God and you don't get the instructions, you become frustrated and you begin to live with a painful promise. And we see that Lot is gone. And, and, and we say that, that, that Abram left his family, he left his country, he left, he left his culture, he left his nephew. The only part of what was familiar, he separated from. And it's easy to read, but that's hard to do. 
and then I've done everything, Lord. And we still don't have the baby. We're still not planning the baby shower. We still don't have the down payment. We still can't find a house. We've done everything and we're still waiting. And there is a miracle in how you wait. There is purpose in how you wait. See, the waiting is in the middle and the middle is in the waiting. And if you wait like this, woe is me, you'll keep on waiting. And if you wait frustrated, and if you wait mad at God, and if you wait and you got to tell everybody on social media that you're waiting, and then every, every time somebody see you, how you doing? I'm just waiting on the Lord. He said he was going to do it three years ago. And you're frustrated and you're mad and nobody want to be around you. You get invited nowhere because all you do is murmur and complain because you're mad at God that you're waiting. So you got to, it's a certain way the people of God got to wait. And you shouldn't look like what you're going through while you wait, depending on who you're waiting on. Because those that wait on the Lord, a glory, shall renew their strength. Those that wait on the Lord will mount up. You see what I'm saying? So if you're waiting on, see, you, you, you can't wait on them. You got to wait on him. You got to ask yourself, who am I waiting on, waiting on? Because if I'm waiting on the Lord, the Bible tells me I'll run and not faint. Hey, glory. And people, and let me help, let, let me help you. Let me help you, legacy. There's a difference. You got to be careful because some of us say we're waiting, but we're not waiting on God. We're waiting on a no good somebody to get their stuff together. And you are a queen that deserves a husband that's going to honor you, and you're waiting for him to see everything that stands in front of him. Sister, I come to tell you, you're not waiting, you're wasting your time. Sir, you're not waiting, you're wasting. You got to know the difference in situations where I'm wasting my time on this dead-end job. I'm wasting my time in this season. God has called me to something else. God has called me to do something in the earth. And what happens is, people of God, we don't know waiting from wasting. So, Abram and Sarah, they're waiting. Still not pregnant. Go in, come out, still not pregnant. She's done everything. And so she says, I got an idea. I'll give you a hall pass. I'll figure it out. You go hook up with my maidservant. We'll adopt a baby. Because... Obviously, the Lord has called amnesia. And he says, that sounds good, but it's not God. And again, that is not the promise and that is not the instructions. So he goes, slides in the slaves DMs, they hook up. See, I'm doing it now. <laughs> she gets pregnant. And she begins to despise the baby mama. The wife don't like the mistress. They're like, was this on a, no, this is the Bible. This is not a sitcom. This is not a reality show. And then she begins to deal harshly with her. 
and she despises her. Because what do you do when you see somebody carrying your promise? What do you do when you see people go where God said he was taking you? What do you do when, you, when, when people, people live where God said he was going to, every people ministry go where God, that's my word. That's the word God spoke over my son. That's the word God spoke over my life. What do you do when somebody is carrying the promise God intended for you? You live with the painful promise. So she tells him, cast, get her gone. Cast him out. And this is what we got to do. We have got to realize the difference between this legacy. He steps out of the promise. He steps out. And God says, you're going to have, here's the promise with your wife. She says, God is not pulling up on time. Do this. And he steps out and he does that. And she gives birth to Ishmael. And we want to run to God and ask him to bless our Ishmaels. And there's too many Ishmaels. It looks close, but it's not the promise. And we have, be, we have got to a point where we have grown content with Ishmaels. Because we get tired of waiting on God that we go birth stuff in the flesh and ask God to bless it. So he has this promise. And although he loves Ishmael, and although he has his son, and it looks like the promise, it feels like it, but it's not it. And God has something else in store. And then she, she finally, she finally has Isaac. She finally has the baby of the promise. And she's like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. She has the baby. But get this, before we get to the baby, why Ishmael is playing around with his father and she's bitter and depressed and she has nobody to be mad at but herself because she didn't wait on the Lord. Angels pull up and they appear to Abram. And he, they come and get this. They have been waiting and they have been waiting and they have been waiting. And the angels come in and Abram begins to say, hey, fix them some food, get them prepared. And they said, where's your wife? He says, she's, she's, she's at home preparing stuff. He said, by this time, next year, that promise the Lord gave you almost 24 years ago is going to come to pass. Pastor, she laughs. And every time I've heard somebody preach this, they put her in, a, in a, like a snobbish light, like she laughed. She laughed at the word of the, like she laughed, like, ha, yeah, she made fun of it. But when I read it, Legacy, I didn't read it as she was being arrogant. I read it as sometimes you got to laugh to keep from crying. I, I believe she heard that, and, and she just said, just flare it up. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. Another promise. Another word. And, and she began to laugh. But I believe she laughed just to keep from crying. Because what do you do when the promise brings pain? What do you do when you left everything and you stepped out on faith and you trusted God? Nothing. And you keep believing, and there's nothing. I believe you laugh just so you can keep from crying. 
And she gets, she has the baby. Because how many know he's a promise keeper? Amen. Can we make some noise for the promise keeper? She has the baby. We know she has Isaac. Oh, glory. She has Isaac. She has the son of the promise. She has the son of the promise. Ishmael is, is, is kicked out because he's not the son of the promise. And Isaac and, and, um, and Abraham are there, and they're having a good time. And it seems like through all this, through this journey, I left my father's house. I left this. I left that. And now God is still going to build a nation and a descendants out of an only child. How? But he's there and he's with his boy and he's like, God is faithful even though we messed up, even though we stepped out the promise, even though we birthed some Ishmaels, even though we birthed some things and asked God to bless it, God is still faithful. How many are grateful that even though when we mess up, he holds back our Isaac? Even though when we birth an Ishmael, he still forgives us and give us our Isaac. Even though when we move too fast, he still pulls us back and say, listen, I still got the promise for you. I still got the promise for you. So Abraham is rejoicing because he's a good God and he's a merciful God. And he's saying, man, even though we messed up, even though we left instructions, even though he should have did away with us, we're still in our promise. Look at him. That's what the Lord said. Who can testify when a word has came to pass in your life? And you can say God said it and he was faithful to do it and you just rejoice. And you tell somebody else, I'm telling you, if God said it, he's not a man that he shall lie. Hold on to that word and don't you give up. Hold on to that word and don't you give up. Hold on to that word. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, hold on to that word. And Abraham, he's there, and he's with his son, and he's rejoicing, and he's praising. And God says, give him back to me. Give him back. God, we waited for this promise. What do you do when, when what God promised you and what you fought for, what you prayed for, what you fasted for, what you sold for, what you cried for. And when you finally get it, you rejoice and God says, give them back. Give them back. Dedicate them. No. Take them to church, put them in the youth group. No. Sacrifice them. promise you fought for, the words you left your family for, the word you and your wife try to cook up a plan to manifest, give it back. And he says, yes, sir. And he takes his son and he tells his servants, get this, he says, and he's beginning and he's preparing to go sacrifice the promise. And he tells the servants, stay here while me and the boy go worship. Stay here while me and the lad go worship. And I kept going back and forth like, why would he say stay here while we go worship? Because when I read it, I said, stay here while you go commit premeditated murder, like stay here, 
do well, like what like stay here while you like stay here while you go like what do you mean why is that what is worship so I got the staring and it's like he said stay here while me and the lad go worship and I stared at the text and I stared at the text and he said stay here while me and the lad go worship and and and, and the Lord spoke to me although preaching is good although worship and singing is good although giving is good the true form of worship is obedience. So he said, stay here while I go be obedient. Because what Abraham had and said, listen, I stepped outside of the promise once and birthed an Ishmael. I disobeyed because I didn't understand once. I won't do that again. And he stays there and he says, stay, stay here while me and the boy go worship. And as he's going up the hill, he said, father, where's the ram? Where's the donkey? Where's the lamb? He says, son, the Lord will provide. And God provides. And he tells them, don't lay a hand on them. Now I know you fear me. Now I know you trust me. Now I know you love me. See, if we're not careful, we'll end up loving the promise more than the promise keeper. We'll end up worshiping the gift more than the gift giver. See, if we're not careful, those that got a call in ministry, if we're not careful in the kingdom, we'll, we'll fall in love with working for God way more than we love God. So, so sometimes God attests us to see, God, I gotta, do you love me alone or is it the gift or is it the promise? And so they, this is where I want to land. The painful promise, painful promise. He gives them a promise. He leaves his family. He get away from Lot. He, 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 he gets caught in entanglement. He has a son outside of his marriage. Life gets crazy. He, he, finally, he finally has his promise, and the Lord asked him to sacrifice it. And he was going to, and God told him no, and then he blesses him, and they have descendants galore. They have descendants everywhere, millions of them. And then God tells them, I'm going to send them into bondage in Egypt. At what point did Abraham say, why did you pick somebody else? You just seen the last 25 years. You just seen our fight. And in the midst of this, the same descendants will be in bondage. And he said, but when they call on my name, when they call out and cry out to me, I'm going to deliver them. And he delivers them because he's faithful to his promise. He's faithful to his word. And he brings them out of Egypt. And he brings them out of bondage. And they go in a circle. They go in a circle because if we're being honest, it's hard to trust God when we can't see him. They wonder, Abraham's descendants, they wonder for 40 years. They trust God. They fall. They rejoice. They, they thank him. They want to go back and eat garlic and onions. They say, we want to go back. This is the promise right here. This is the promise. This is what Abraham fought for. This is what he left his family for. And now his descendants are in a desert because Abraham was faithful and they can't get out of the way of God. And then he, he goes to generation and generation. He lets some of them die off and he holds on to Joshua and he tells Joshua this. And we land here. Joshua um, 5 chapter 2. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. 
Could I get somebody to play for me? I'm landing. And we've, we've, we've combed through Abram's life. We, we went from Abram and every in the season of how we got here. And I believe around, I mean, hundreds of hundreds of years later, his descendants are, are, are in the extra 40 years in the desert. And they are all going through, if I'm not mistaken, theologians tell me it was 679 years later that this promise is about to be fulfilled. And I get exhausted just thinking about it. All with one man's faithfulness, a one man, one man who messed up, left his family and now you have millions millions of descendants about to step into the promise could you imagine the party could you imagine reading the story of your father Abraham and his faithfulness and you've been in bondage and you've been waiting and you and you just rejoicing and now we're about to go into this is it this is Canaan this is, this is the word of God. We're here. This is it. This, yes, this is it. You know the story I told you? How he had Ishmael, but Ishmael wasn't a problem. Man, I, this is it. You remember what I was rejoicing for? This is it. You remember what I've been believing for? This is it. It's come to pass. Abraham's nowhere in sight, but his descendants are about to receive the promise God gave him. I come to tell somebody, you may not see it, but generations after you will. You may not see it, but your descendants will see it. You may not see it, but we got to make sure we hold on to the promise so those that come after us can see the glory of the Lord. And I can see them rejoicing. And I can see them rejoicing. And God says, wait, Joshua, go get a sharp rock and circumcise them again. All the men just said, what? There's no aspirin. There's no towel now there. Go get flint knives. I could just see the party stopping. Before we step into the promise, he said, drop him. That's what he said. Quantel translation. Um, got one more step. One more act of faith. Circumcise him again. Why, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. There's always some stuff you gotta cut off before you step into your promise. See, some of you are on the brick of your promise. And you think God forgot about you. He's just cutting some stuff away. Ah, oh, he's cutting that part of your past that you can't forgive yourself. He's just cutting some stuff away. Yeah, 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 he's cutting that part out, y'all. I know they talk about you, but that part of you that care, he's cutting it out. He just said, get this, before, he, before they step into their promise, he said, we, gotta, we got some more stuff to cut off. 
got to get that old man off you before you walk in this new season. You got to get that old, you got to get that old woman off you. You know what? Hey, for, for some, listen, you got to be, you know, that's bitterness. Let's cut that off. You come over here, let's cut that racism off. Hey, you know what? You, you, got, you, you talk like a sailor. Let's cut that off. You know what? Let's get addiction off. Let's get bitterness and regret. Unforgiveness, come here, let's cut that off. Selfishness, stinginess, let's cut that off. See, before you step into your promise, God is wanting to cut some stuff off. He's wanting to cut some stuff off and he wants some cut, to cut some stuff out of your life. Abraham got the word. He got the promise. They see the promise. But it gets painful before they step into the promise. I come to tell somebody, don't give up on your promise just because it's painful. Don't you give up on God because you're in a rough season. Don't you forget the word that was spoken over you in youth group. Don't you forget the word that was spoken over you last week. Don't forget when your mother prayed for you. Don't forget when they told you you had a call on your life and God had a purpose for you. Don't you be distracted. Don't you get it confused. It might be painful, but it's God. It might be rough, but it's God. I don't know why it's like that, but it's God. And God is saying, I just need to cut some stuff away, legacy, before you walk into your promise. Hey, glory. Every head bowed and every eye closed.